Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Enjoy your upcoming holiday season with family and friends. I hope you're safe and happy, whether you end up around a fireplace or vacationing near the water. Personally, I don't have a fear of water, but I understand where that fear can come from. It's both the fear of the unknown and the known at the same time. Those dark depths teeming with the water-based life that you've heard about or seen on National Geographic or Shark Week. It always makes me think of something my cousin said once on a trip to the beach in Florida. I don't know for sure what's in there, but I know that it won't be me. Still waters run deep with all sorts of trouble. While insects buzz over ponds, strange creatures swim beneath the surface. Today, we travel all across the globe to discover the evil treading within malevolent waters. First... We'll go fishing in Bangladesh while keeping our eye out for any gin. Next, we'll investigate the waters near a house in India and discover something sinister. After that, we'll follow a strange figure in Barbados. And finally, we'll go to summer camp and have some terrifying dreams about the local lake. We receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then, I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it, visit patreon.com slash snarled. So, want to hear something scary? The Forbidden Lake Fishing is a pastoral pastime enjoyed by many people all around the world. However, you should still be careful which lake you decide to cast your net in. In some places, such as Bangladesh, dangerous jinn guard the water, like in this next story, inspired by a submission from an anonymous viewer. It's best to wait when the tide lowers on the water of a lake. That's when fish are easier to spot on the surface. The water becomes muddy with scattered holes of air, and then you strike. Rahul, my aunt's fishing otter, looked at me curiously when I splashed him. My aunt shouted at me to get away from the edge of the lake on the way to her home. 
After graduation, I'd been sent by my parents to visit her in Bangladesh. The lake was sacred, and no one in the neighborhood was allowed near it. Didn't matter if it was closer, everyone had to work together and trek to another lake for traditional community fishing. Rahul's whiskers suddenly perked up, and he looked across the water. In the distance, two black eyes were fixed right on me. My aunt picked up my net. We mustn't anger the djinn. Confused, I asked her what she meant. Carrying Rahul, she led us home, warning me about the fickle entities known as djinns. Some say they're angels, and others think they're demons. The next day, after unsuccessfully fishing with the others, I didn't want to return to my aunt's empty-handed. One of the fishermen I accompanied, Agus, encouraged me to ignore my aunt's advice. In the real world, you do whatever it takes to put food on the table, he said. We agreed to meet late at night by the water of the sacred lake. Later, as Rahul and I waited for him, we saw the lake teeming with life. Rahul was hesitant to fish and curled up to rest, but without his help, I quickly had a small bounty of snakehead fish. It was quiet until I heard a splash and saw her. A beautiful woman wearing a sari caked with mud. She sat with her woven basket by the water. Rahul was awakened and sniffed the air. Smiling, she waved me over to her. Whining, Rahul retreated closer to me. Nodding at her, I decided the quickest way to get to her side was through the lake. It was shallow enough to stand in, and I effortlessly carried my basket over my shoulders to impress her. Getting closer, I felt something slither by my feet like tentacles. I had stepped into a nest of swamp eels. I struggled to find my footing. They rose to the surface, a swarm of tendrils on the water, and wrapped themselves up my body to get around my neck. I shouted at the woman whose eyes darkened and her smile twisted into a sneer. Sinking lower, I dropped my basket. It was the djinn. Her changed face leaned closer to mine. There were oozing gills on her neck. I screamed as her jaw filled with yellow serrated teeth unhinged and she spat mud into my eyes that burned like acid. Blinded, I choked on muddy water. I could hear Rahul making loud noises until I was suddenly hoisted up. Wiping my eyes, I realized it was Agus with his net and he helped me get out of the vines I was caught in. He'd heard Rahul calling out and found me. I must have slipped, I said, thanking him. Picking up my basket to show him what I caught, I tossed a fish to Rahul. The otter quickly nudged it with his nose back into the water. Auguste laughed. He got his reward meal earlier from being such a skillful fisherman. Let's see if you've got what it takes. That night, we fished discreetly and snuck home late with our filled baskets, excited to share with our families. The next morning, I was awakened by a foul stench. When I got outside, I realized the house was circled by dead fish and our neighbor surrounded a body being carried away. Out of his mouth hung a dead eel. It was Auguste. Gagging, I fell to my knees and choked on something lodged in my throat. My aunt gasped as I pulled a fleshy black tail from between my lips. The djinn had allowed me to live, but not without one final punishment. Coughing, I pulled eel after eel out of my mouth. To this day, I still wake up, clutching my throat from the memory. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs 
or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. It's tough to forget something frightening when it's told to you. No matter how outlandish the myth, legend, or folklore seems at the time, a piece of you will always believe it's real and will seek to prove it. Like in this next story inspired by Bidisha. Bidisha skipped stones across the lake's surface, searching for any signs of movement. She was searching for the legendary Don Kubert, a water demon that lived beneath the lake. Exasperated one evening, Bidisha's mother had told her of Don Kubert to keep her from spending all night in front of the TV again. She had told her of the local myth of a creature in a nearby lake, the creature that made its home under the water with its beautiful turquoise scales. It would trick onlookers into the depths of the water. Disbelieving but amazed, now Badisha was spending most of her free time by the lake. She needed to see this Don Kubert with her very own eyes. One night, her parents threw a party at the home for some of their friends in the local community. Once dinner was finished, Badisha headed off towards the lake again. Her mother sighed and explained to the guests that Badisha just had an overactive imagination and would be back soon when she realized nothing was out there. Badisha was dreamily humming to herself as she came upon the lake, so she didn't realize right away that tonight something was different. A short man-like figure was there, crawling out of the water before her and dripping onto the ground. He was stout, with a frizzled beard and eyes like a cat. Badisha froze, watching him as he dug his nails into the earth, craned his neck up towards her, and his face stretched unnaturally wide into a crooked smile. They both paused, staring at each other, and then he bounded towards her on all fours. She couldn't believe it. The Don Kubert was real, and it was attacking her. Badisha bent down, scooping stones into her hands and started hurling each of them at it, pelting the creature in the eyes and about its head, causing it to howl painfully into the night. Badisha's parents heard the ghastly sound and immediately got up from the table. The rest of the guests followed them out towards the source of the sound. There by the lake, they found Badisha wrestling with the monster. A local priest, Vihan, ran up and spread a salt line across the path of the creature, causing it to stop and began edging itself back towards the water. Badisha was shouting at her parents and pointing at the Don Kubert, showing her discovery. That is no Don Kubert. That is a Picassini, Vihan explained, a dwarven ghost that wanted to steal away intruders in their natural lands. They often try to trick their victims into danger. Vihan grabbed a handful of salt and tossed it onto the Picassini. 
It yelped in fear, abandoning trying to make it back into the water and sprinted into the adjacent woods. Vihan knelt down beside Badisha and handed her a bag of salt. You did good with your stones. You showed it that you are not fearful. Still, keep this salt on you if you return to the lake. If he tries to return, he'll smell the salt and stay clear. Badisha smiled and nodded. For the next week and then the week after, Badisha did as instructed and never let the salt out of her sight. Sure enough, she did not see the Bikasini, and she knew she was in the clear. The week after that, she celebrated by taking a dip in the lake. Badisha poured some of the salt into a watertight bag that she kept on her and ran into the waters with gleeful triumph. As she splashed around in the deeper waters, her eye caught something familiar by the shore. It was the Picassini, grinning right at her. Surprised, Badisha then grinned right back, holding up her sealed bag of salt. Suddenly, she felt something swim beneath her, then breached the water behind her. Badisha spun around to come face to face with a tall, turquoise amphibian. With her triumph over the Picassini, Badisha had forgotten the possibility that our world might house more than one mythical creature. She shuddered as the very real Don Kubert stared her down. With a quick swipe, the amphibian gripped Badisha about her shoulders and dragged her down and down into the murky depths of the lake. There on the shore, the Bakisini laughed in delight, having tricked another victim into certain doom. Thank you very much for this tale, Badisha. It's something that we have been trained and that we've been conditioned to expect. You only expect danger to come from one source when really you have to look around, you have to be aware of your environment and this is a very good lesson. The thing that I wonder is where did Badisha's mother hear of this tale? Maybe she heard it from her mother and so on and so forth or maybe an elder within their town. These paranormal experiences are based on fact, no matter how outlandish that fact can seem. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Scary Story Podcast brings original, short, scary stories right to your ears every week. Like Dead of Night, the story of a man who moves into a new apartment building only to discover its sinister foundation. Or another recent one, The Delivery, where a man discovers a family secret hidden in plain sight. Have you ever listened to a scary story that lingers as if it reminds you of a long-lost memory? My name is Edwin Covarrubias, host and writer over at Scary Story Podcast, where every episode brings you a short, original scary story every week. The stories are read just like this, me telling you a frightening story that will blur the lines between this and the world of hauntings, ghosts, experiences that defy logical explanation. You can join us by searching for Scary Story Podcast on your app right now. It's the show by Scary FM. I'll see you over on Scary Story Podcast.
Deceased loved ones can communicate to us in many ways, by moving framed photos or other such old memorabilia, little signifiers that let us know that they are still there, watching. In this next story inspired by Sam, she encounters a spirit that is deeply connected to her. Something fell over in the kitchen. I was home alone at my parents' house in Barbados. We didn't have any pets. Leaving my textbook open at my desk, I followed the dark hallways of the house until I arrived in the kitchen. Clicking on the light, I found nothing there. Nothing out of place. Heading back to my room, I heard the noise again. Louder this time. Backing away from the kitchen, I decided to call my friend Jessica, who lived down the street. I explained my worries to her, and she hurried over without a second thought. We both searched the kitchen, but found nothing amiss. Nerves settled and chuckling at each other, we sat down to do some studying together in my room. Jessica had skipped dinner to see me, so she went off to get leftovers from the kitchen. Minutes later, Jessica returned, empty-handed, a wide-eyed look on her face. Sam, your uncle is in the kitchen. I shook my head and reminded her that Uncle Oyatu died last summer. Nodding, Jessica said, I know. She tightly grasped my hand as we made our way down the dark hallway away from my room, towards the kitchen. I kept remembering about the death of my poor Uncle Ayato. My parents had told me that he had been involved in a bad altercation at a bar and that his body had been found weeks later. I was spared the details. As we stepped into the kitchen, I saw him. It was Uncle Ayato, plain as day. He had his back turned to us, staring out of the eastern window. Jessica and I held our breath, sweaty hands clasped as we watched the figure before our very eyes. After a moment, he walked forward and floated right through the kitchen wall. He's leading us somewhere, Jessica whispered excitedly. What could we do? We followed, leaving the house and walking into the night, following Uncle Ayato down a dirt road and out of the neighborhood. Eventually, we happened upon a large lake behind the city district. Uncle Ayato seemed to hover over the center of it. How odd, I thought. My uncle had hated the water. It was a running joke, he would say. He only tolerated water when he bathed in it or drank it. He beckoned the two of us from the water. Jessica pointed towards a small motorboat. Borrowing it, she wrapped it up and expertly steered us to the center of the lake. Uncle Ayato flashed us a warm smile as the boat drifted up beneath his feet. Bracing my feet, I stood up and held out my hand to touch his. His grin stretched wider as his cold, cold hand grasped my wrists and one hand went behind his back. The next thing I knew, Jessica shouted, pushing me away and cranking the motor up, swerving away from him. Uncle Ayato had drawn a knife and had barely missed stabbing it into my chest. His eyes glowed red as he chased us across the water, stabbing towards the boat, mouth open in a soundless howl. Jessica kicked it into the highest power and circled away from the spirit. Picking up speed, we barely slowed once we reached shore and hightailed it away from the lake and it. Jessica and I sprinted back through the neighborhood and went to her house. I stayed overnight and left a message for my dad. He came over and found us, still shivering in her room the next morning, too afraid to leave the house. Sam, 
What's the matter, he asked. I didn't want to hurt him, but I had to tell him the truth. Uncle Ayato had come back from the dead and was trying to kill me. Dad was amazed, but surprisingly, instead of being immediately skeptical, he started asking questions and wanting details. Why do you think it was my brother Ayato? Where did he take you? We explained everything. The lake, the knife, his shadowy form, and why in the world would sweet Uncle Ayato want to hurt me? I was his favorite and only niece. I could see the tears welling up in my father's eyes now. This betrayal had hurt him, but not in the way I expected. He sat down beside me and hugged me close. He told me it was time for him to tell me the whole truth. Uncle Ayato had been at the bar because he had been constantly haunted by a spirit. He had started spending more and more time there because being there had helped him block the spirit out. That my dad had not believed him when Uncle Ayato had told him about it. Then he was involved in that altercation at the bar, which had ended with a brutal stabbing. The assailants said that they didn't mean to harm Ayato as much as they did, but they had told the police that it was as if they had been possessed and could not help themselves. In fact, after it was done, instead of taking him to a hospital, they found themselves dropping him at the lake behind the city district. He had still been alive, they said, and after that they had snapped out of it and turned themselves in. The police had searched for Ayato, but it was weeks later that he was found dead, floating near the center of the lake. Uncle Ayato loved you. He would never cause you any harm. It is painful for me to admit this, but that, that dark spirit, that same one that hounded your uncle, my brother, might be using Ayato's form. It's using his strong love for us and us for him as a malicious disguise. The spirit was not satisfied with Ayato. It tried to lead you to where Ayato died and force you to join him in death, and he started sobbing. I sat there, numb, feeling a hand grasp mine. I looked over at Jessica. We had almost fallen for it. We would have died. Then would it have come back looking like me for my dad? After my dad calmed down, he vowed that he would fight it. It would not defeat us. Unlike his brother, we understood the nature of this monster and the lengths it could go to. Jessica swore with us that together we would overcome it so no other families in the neighborhood could be haunted by it. All we needed was a plan, and we would let everyone know. Thank you so much for the tale of your encounter, Sam. We've done the best that we could here to also let everyone know. I hate that you were contacted by a familial spirit, but it turned out to be this dark imitator instead. I'm very happy that you had Jessica with you. All of us need that type of friend that can stand next to us, with us, beside us, when we go through experiences like this. I hope the best for you. Camp is where you go during the summer to unwind, make memories, and spend some time with friends out in the woods or swimming in the lake. But in this next story inspired by Mitch, this camp has much more than that in store for you. I was a little afraid church camp was going to be lonely, but luckily, I found a friend early on, my friend Mitch. 
We'd met at the lake during free time on the first day. Mitch had been sitting alone, dangling his feet over the docks. He reminded me of me, so I went over, plucked myself down next to him, and introduced myself. When my mom was alive, she'd chuckle and say, My Isabel is the friendliest loner you will ever meet. We hit it off right away. Like me, he enjoyed outdoor activities, but since most of the kids were more indoorsy types, we'd end up hanging out a lot. Our favorite spot was the lake. I never slept very well at the camp, and one night, I had this terrible dream. It was like I was trapped in an alternate version of the camp. Everything was cold and lifeless, choked in a freezing mist. In this dream, I called out, searching for Mitch or anybody else, but I was truly alone. Eventually, I found myself in front of the camp lake. Someone was out there, gliding along the surface of the water. It was a woman with golden hair. She stared when she saw me standing at the water's edge, gliding over to me and smiling gently. She said, do what I say and I will stop the pain. What pain, I thought. Just then a blinding spike of pain radiated through my skull. You aren't supposed to feel pain in dreams. Grasping my head and whimpering, I started crying. Then all of a sudden the pain stopped and I was staring up at the woman again. She gently wiped the tears from my face. Kill that which is closest to you. Kill your friend Mitch and feast on his flesh. Do my bidding or suffer the consequences. I woke up with what the camp counselor said was a migraine. Light, sound, everything hurt. I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, and there didn't seem to be any end in sight. Days were difficult after that. I didn't tell Mitch what I saw. He didn't have many other friends, and you know that wouldn't have helped. But while the headaches would eventually ease, they never seemed to cease. They grew so intense, especially around the camp lake. I made up excuse after excuse as to why we couldn't play there. Soon the headaches were too much, and I had to leave camp. Thankfully, they went away as my dad drove me off the lot. I didn't tell him either. He was very religious and had enough to deal with now that my mother had gone to heaven. How would he react if I said I saw a sweet-faced demon in my dreams? Instead, I kept myself away from the area and only talked to Mitch through the phone. He was really sad to see me leave, but I told him it would have happened at the end of the summer anyway. Weeks go by and my head returns back to normal. My dad felt bad about my church camp summer being cut short, so... He took us on a boating trip. However, once we were out on the lake, the splitting headaches returned. It was like the lakes were a beacon of torment. Each one I encountered would bring me to tears. Another trip cut short and we returned home. Just as I feared, the dreams returned. I was back at the lake and the golden-haired demon stared down at me, gently whispering her demands. I will always find you. You dared to defy me and will face the consequence. Kill that which is closest to you, either your best friend Mitch or kill your father and feast on his flesh. Within the dream, blood started leaking from my ears and nose. It was like someone was rattling my brain around in a tin can. Even my tears were scarlet red. I woke up in bed with a gushing nosebleed. 
The pain was never ending. I had to do something. I decided to call Mitch and tell him everything. He was stunned into silence, but he still believed me. What are you going to do? I, 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 I don't want to die, Isabel, but I don't want you to die either. What can we do? The pain was so unbearable now. The phone was practically shaking in my hand. I had to make it stop. I had to do it. Make the pain go away. Mitch was too far, but someone else was close by. I dropped the phone into the floor and shuffled into the kitchen. I could hear Mitch calling out to me, urging me to talk to him, but he didn't understand. Nobody would. I drew a knife from the kitchen, anything to make the pain stop. Dad? Where are you? We need to talk. Thank you for contacting us with this story, Mitch. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sabina Graves, Markia McCarty, and Adam Sinker. Audio edited by Johnny Ashley and Calvin Linderman. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarl. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.